you and me tonight. I figured. Boy, all right. I'll put my, my co-host hat on. You ready? We <laughs> got this. <laughs> uh, let's just start it off. I'm going to have fun. Yeah, with sure. It. Hello, hello, hello. So tonight, it's just going to be Antonio and I. We're going to do um, a movie that's very near and dear to our hearts that led to a franchise that I think we can both agree is pretty fun. Uh, we're doing The Fast and the Furious. And I, I tell you what, what I was going to say right before we started was, I think after the week of work that we both had, I think like this movie was a fun kind of escape to kind of take two hours out and just kind of remember a time, relive the whole moment of when we saw this movie, what this movie's about and where it kind of goes and leads. So I was we're going super, this week. What's that? Sorry to interrupt, but where we're going this week with the release of the ninth installment of this film or this franchise. In doing some research, I found an article where they wanted the 10th movie to come out by 2021. Oh. But I guess I guess with COVID and everything, and I guess there were some issues that F9 or Fast 9 got pushed back initially when it was filming, and then COVID, so that pushed that back. And then I just yeah. I was like, wow, we're supposed to have our 10th one already, and we're just getting our ninth one. Well, initially, uh, when The Rock and uh, Jason Statham did their spinoff, that was the whole thing that caused the beef between like The Rock and you know the original the core crew. It's just like, yo, we got to eat too. But it's like, yo, if The Rock wants to do a movie, The Rock's going to do a movie. So. so so, is that why there's there's beef between like Vin Diesel and The Rock, I guess? Or, no. or, or is it just more like they're just two completely different ways of doing a movie and working? Uh, two alphas and then just two different ways. Like The Rock, I think, has his day scheduled down to the minute. <laughs> and so I think on the set of uh, a Fast 8... Uh, I think I can't remember if Dom was producing or directing some of it, yeah, or Dom, uh, Vin Diesel. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of the same person, same person, same yeah. thing. Uh, but uh, Vin, he would show up late to certain like calls and everything, and so Rock would just be sitting there for you know thirty minutes to an hour, and we're like, "Yo, this should have been done an hour ago. We're not even getting started yet. You know how many takes is this going to take?" Uh, so there were butting heads there. Uh, everything got resolved. I think that's the main reason there's only like two or three scenes in Fast 8 with, with The Rock and, and Vin Diesel in the same like scenes because they did not get along at all. It's like, hey man, my 10 ounces of cod are getting cold. Okay, <laughs> just eat it at 2 o'clock. Yeah. So I got my 10 ounces of chicken coming at 4. Yeah, I've, I've seen his like scheduling. Him and like Mark Wahlberg are like mm-hmm. have their days planned out like to the minute. It's well, so I'm curious with, uh, uh, you know, not to ignore the movie that we're actually going to talk about. But with Fast 9, uh, I've heard on previous podcasts that John Cena is the very the same way. Like he's adopted that mentality where he has his schedule down to the minute. Like there was a story on uh, that Katie Nolan told on one of her podcasts where her and John were supposed to do a skit during South by Southwest. And he asked the producer, he's like, so how long is this going to take? At 15 minutes. He's like, you have nine. He's like, we're going to need it, need at least 11. He's like, See, I, you just saved four minutes of my time. Like <laughs> that is, you're right. It's so alpha, but at the same time, yeah. incredibly like, wow, what a douche. But yet, I kind of respect that. I respect mm-hmm. like, hey, this is my time. This is what you have. This is this is it. Yeah. So if you haven't guessed by now, the movie we're doing is The Fast and the Furious, which premiered on the date of this episode's going out, June 22nd, which it is the same day. That Fast and Furious came out June 22nd, 2001, 20 years ago. It brought in $207 million worldwide on a $38 million budget. That's insane. Yeah. A 
fucking car movie. Like, think about it, because that's what it was at the time. It was a mm-hmm. car movie. Kind of a niche audience. To bring in that much money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And the question of the week is going to be a throwback callback, because I knew it was just going to be you and I, mm-hmm. to season one question. So, Antonio, when I say The Fast and the Furious, <laughs> <laughs> what's the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> the more things change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fast and Furious. I mean, you, you got to think of just like the success, right? That this movie you know, is responsible for. I know Brandon, you know, he's not on today, but he always talks about how I think this is the one that he actually enjoys because it was, you know, it's, it is a standalone. Like once you finish wrapping this movie up, like when I, I know when I finished watching, I was like, yeah, okay, that that's a good ending. There's no, if there was a sequel, cool. But like, you didn't really need one. Right. Um, yeah. No, I just, what it represents, I guess, in Americana culture in general. You know, when I think of the Fast and the Furious, this is kind of stupid, but the Fast and the Furious was the second DVD I ever owned. And I used to watch that son of a bitch on my PS2 all the time. And the first DVD I owned was another Paul Walker movie, The Skulls. So it was like back to back, The Skulls, Fast and the Furious, back and forth, like all the time. I thought you were going to go, what's the one with him and uh, Jessica Alba on the cover? Oh, uh, into the blue. Or into the blue. Like that? Yeah, I thought that's where you're were, you're were gonna go with it. <laughs> that cover. That cover. Woof. Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang. But I remember buying that. I don't think I ever watched it, but I bought the DVD, the VHS of it in California because I had just seen what was the other Jessica Alba movie that was big in the early 2000s? Uh, um, the dance one. Uh, Honey. Honey. Yeah, loved Honey. That's the first thing that comes to mind in the Fast and Furious, but also. It's the best movie to have on in the background mm-hmm. when you're doing something. Like when you're like, I, I do this a lot when I pack for like a trip or something. I put a movie on and every once in a while, like stop, watch. And the Fast and the Furious is one of those that I stop and I watch and I forget whatever the hell else I'm doing. And I'll just continue to watch it and be like, oh, okay, yeah. let's get to this part. Oh, no, let's get to this part. And you just can't stop watching it. It's just yeah. that entertaining. But I'm not the biggest Fast and the Furious fan franchise person like that's you like i think of fast and furious that's what that's actually what i should have said was when i think of the fast and furious I think of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what's funny is i don't think I, this was the first time i've seen this movie in like 15 years like when i was writing the summary i was like basing it off of wikipedia and what i remember from the movie and then i rewatched it. i was like man i got this whole sequence way out of order like <laughs> so why do you love this movie why did you when we when i sent out the movie list to choose from the beginning i think you and i were the only two that actually selected fast and furious i have my reasons why what is your reason Ooh, i have to look at that list i'm pretty sure there was a couple of years where i didn't recognize any of the other movies it was just like <laughs> oh i've heard of that one i'll mark it down i'm pretty sure this was one of the ones that i was like oh i've seen it like i'll talk about it like this is one of the one of the nine ten if you count hots and shaw uh probably one of the more Fast and Furious movies that I'm least passionate about. Mm. Uh, but I thought it would be just a good revisit with knowing that we we're going to talk about Fast Five and then knowing that, you know, Fast Nine was going to come out this year. Like it was a topical, topical yeah. movie to talk about. So if you had told me when we started discussing about doing a podcast about movies and especially movies we love, out of all of them, I would have thought Fast Five would be the only one we'd ever talk about because of where that movie ranks as far as action movies goes, especially modern action movies. If you were to tell me that this is the third Fast and Furious movie we've done, I'd be like, what the fuck? How did Antonio 
get away with conning all of us to do three of these. And then two, I would have said, why did we wait so long to do the first Fast and the Furious movie? And the reason why I chose this movie along with you on that little selection thing that I sent out a couple months back was we're 10 movies in. So this is like the origin story of a movie, of a, of a franchise, really. And I thought that was extremely important. And being at the 20-year anniversary, and to me, it's just the most enjoyable for me, aside from Fast Five, like out of the franchise. And, and all of them look so young, and they look so cool. The fashion. I'm a big fan of the fashion, okay? Michelle Rodriguez gets out, and I'm like, she's wearing those low-rise pants with a little something-something showing, and I'm like, damn, to live in L.A. in the early 2000s. I just, just see Paul Walker walking out, and I'm like, why people don't dress like that? I dress like that going to junior high, or at least I tried to convince my parents to let me dress like that. I really... I, this is where I wish that Amanda was on here because she gives me shit about liking low-rise jeans. Not me personally, but like the look of low-rise jeans in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. And I'm glad she didn't see this. I, I don't think she didn't. She wasn't going to be on this movie but or this, this episode, but I'm sure if she had seen the movie, she would have paused it at that Michelle Rodriguez scene where she gets out of her car and shows it. She would have been like, that's, that's the shit you like. <laughs> you can already hear it. Uh, seeing Michelle Rodriguez... One of the absolute favorite things I love about this movie is the cast. This was not the first time I'd ever seen Vin Diesel in a movie, but to me, this was the movie where I was like, that guy is going to be like the next action star for the next 20 years, literally the next 20 years. And he still is like, I, I just looked at him as he's like an American Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of in a way. Like that's how I envisioned him back in 2001. Mm-hmm. He's not really that tall, kind of like Arnold. Can kind of sound a little funny when he talks in certain ways. You know, not funny as in funny ha, but like just different than what you're used to. It's funny that you mentioned the way he talks. Is I feel as the franchise progressed, like his voice has changed. Yeah. Like in this one, not that he didn't take the role seriously, but he was more loose with it. Basically from four on, like he has this very stoic personality and you know, he's very calculating with how he speaks. I feel like. No, I agree. If you don't have a director that can kind of can like, if you read a like, okay, say you and I get cast in a movie, I read the script one way and you read it another. I, if we don't have a good director to be like, Hey, we need to be on the same page on this. I kind of almost feel like this is what you get with Vin Diesel in this movie where Paul Walker's like, Hey, we're basically remaking fucking point break with cars and Vin Diesel's like what <laughs> like, like kind of just like what's a this, point break <laughs> yeah like it just seems like he's he's disconnected but yet at the same time as the movie progresses on I think he gets better and better and I think if you were to tell me hey they filmed this chronologically you'd be like oh yeah maybe throughout the movie he's like oh this is different like this is I have to take this more seriously now yeah. I, I don't know if it was filmed like that but mm-hmm. so you have Vin Diesel Michelle Rodriguez, Paul Walker, just on a tear. He's like the he's he's the heartthrob of the late nineties, early two thousands. He's got that cool factor for sure. You know, as a noted, you know, Paul Walker, I don't want to call myself a hater, but a truther. Yeah. A Paul Walker truther. Yeah. You and I are both on the same page. <laughs> you know, uh, I was watching this movie and I was like, you know, I just putting I, I rarely do this, but you know, I know it's something that you sometimes ask, like put yourself back in that you know, state of mind in that time frame when this comes out, like, I don't know. There was just like, 
he's a little goofy, but like there's something about him like that. He has that aura of coolness that, you know, obviously all the chicks want to bang him. You know, the guys want to be him, have a beer with him, something like that. Just add that something. Yeah, he's very much the 2000s, early 2000s version of like Keanu Reeves. Like when you when you hear Keanu Reeves talk, especially in the early 90s, and you hear Paul Walker speak, they seem both, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but they just don't seem like there's there's much up there. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just seems like you're like, okay, a little, a little, just not like the sharpest tool in the shit. You know what I mean? They're charismatic. They bring you in. You wanna, you wanna see what it is they're doing, whether you think they're good actors or not. And I said in the Fast Five episode, I'm not the biggest fan of Paul Walker, the actor. I like him personally, God rest in peace, but I love his movies though. I love She's All That. I love Varsity Blues, The Skulls, um, the fast like movie like this movie i mean they're just fun and he happens to be in all of them so there is something about him that draws you in and i think that casting him made this franchise go is because wh- the story that i read was that rob cohen the director of the skulls asked him like hey what kind of project do you want to do and he was like i want to do i think this was like in variety or something i want to do a car movie mixed with like donny brasco so they were basically like, okay, you want to do Point Break, but with cards instead of surfing. And he was like, yes. So they cast him in it, and then they just go from there, filling in the rest of the spots. That's when you get Vin Diesel and, and everybody. But had he not, I guess, been crushing it, like he had enough clout to where, like, yeah, let's center a movie around Paul Walker. And I, I was trying to think about this. I was like, okay, like I look back at the early 2000s, and I can't think of anyone else I would have put to play either Dominic Toretto or to play... Brian Earl Spilner or Brian yeah. O'Connor. Can you think of anybody? It's difficult. I mean, Bruce Willis is too old to be Dominic Toretto, I think. Yeah. But like, and I'm just going off of Dominic Toretto's always been bald. So I'm just thinking of like bald actors. I didn't even think of bald actors, but you know what though? If, if, if this movie is made in 2000 or in 1991, like coming off of Die Hard, I could see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I could see that if this movie was a different time, but I can't think of anybody really that would have done a good job in either of those two roles. Yeah, because I mean, if you think of for Paul Walker replacing him, who else? I mean, so you have that first peak that we discussed a few weeks back with Ben Affleck. Like maybe and I don't think it works though. No, he doesn't work with this this style of movie. I don't think there's no one really that comes to mind. I tell you the only one that I could, I could see like being replaced and I, and I think it'd be fun, but he might've been way too young at the time. I'd have to look, but the part of Jesse, if it had been like a, like a super young Aaron Paul. Yeah. That's the type of guy that fits that, that we could look back and say, Oh, because if you look back, I don't remember them doing anything really after this. No. And that's what's kind of fun about looking at old movies is is pointing out people who are like, oh, you remember when they were in this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say for the Jesse role, like you think, well, A, Ashton Kutcher is too tall for it. But True. he's got that 70s show, you know, hype going and going into, he's transitioning from TV to movies at that time. What about him as Vince? <laughs> <laughs> Like, no. as, but like as a different version of Vince, like he's just as good looking, if not better looking than Paul Walker, like really gives you like, but it's a different kind of edge to Vince, but like, yeah. like a douchier version. <laughs> Whereas I like you, I, I, I like Vince, the character. I like his yeah. story arc. 
it's so funny because there's so many movies out there where you could look at and you say the movie and you're like, oh, what if so-and-so had played that part? Or what if so-and-so had done this? I can't think of well, anybody. Everyone is so ingrained into their roles. like. But do you think that's because we've had nine movies? Yeah. Or do you think that's... I do. And I think that makes it difficult to go back in time and try to figure out who could play this role, who could play that role. It's not like a one-off, like my favorite movie, Moneyball, where it's pretty easy to say who can play you know, Billy Bean, who can play Scott Hatterberg, you know, it's a one-off movie. Not like you have nine where everyone has played that role. And so they're associated with that role. Like when you, during this conversation alone, like how many times have we called, you know, Vin Diesel Dom when we're talking about Vin and vice versa. So, and to prove your point even more is I'm thinking of, well, who would play the, the Letty character? And I can't think of anyone with Michelle Rodriguez, but in the early 2000s, there's a million different actresses that could have played that part. But because I've seen her play that part for seven out of the nine movies, it's like, or eight out of the, or six out of the nine movies, it's, it's ingrained in my head. Like that's who it is. Yeah. She left because she got lost on the Island and then made her way back. (laughs) (laughs) That's the storyline lost in fast and furious. They're interconnected. I'm telling you. Well, did you see the rumor that in 10, it's the Jurassic World and Fast and Furious crossover? Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? So we were, okay, side, quick sidebar. We were driving back from South Padre and, you know, we're driving 10 miles an hour because it's torrential downpour that whole weekend in Austin. And we're listening to like the local sports talk radio. It's like SB Nation or something. And the guy just hops on. He's like, my favorite movie ever, Fast and Furious, is going to, I've never seen anything in Jurassic Park world, but because they're going to, rumor has it they're going to cross over and i'm like no that's bullshit and then like i look up a bunch of stories and like that's that's the direction they're headed apparently oh my god oh my god but they're both universal properties so that makes sense listen as (laughs) far-fetched as it sounds and we can make fun of it we would all go see it oh of course (laughs) yeah i don't give a shit (laughs) the idea of them even going to space in f9 i'm like fuck it let's go Let's do it. We went from robbing DVD players and digital cameras to going to space, y'all. Like, whoo, this franchise. Thank you, Elon Musk. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you this question. As a um, fellow Hispanic member of the, of the world, I don't know where I was going <laughs> with that. What is the name of Michelle Rodriguez's character? Letty. Thank you. It has bothered me for 20 years when I was like, who the fuck is Letty? I mean, Letty? So I just wanted to know if I was the only one in the entire world that's ever like looked at that name or heard that name and been like, that's not the way you say it. I mean, it. I pronounce it the whitewash way just because that's what's been accepted now. But So I, I want to get back to that here in a second. But uh, a couple other things real quick. Uh, I always like to talk about Oscars and that kind of deal. So the movie, unsurprisingly, yet somewhat surprising for sound, was not nominated for any Oscars, but it did clean up at the MTV Movie Awards in 2002. Some would say the real awards. (laughs) Well, let's get to that. Five (laughs) nominations and one win. It was nominated for Best Movie that year. Uh, Can you guess what movie won? Uh, The year is this 2001 I don't think uh, you're a fan of this franchise. Maybe you are. I don't know. It's a boring ass franchise in my mind. Oh, is it? Um, 
shit. Was it Phantom Menace? Mm-mm. Oh. No, I don't hate Star Wars. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. No. Never heard Lord of her. I've heard of her. But. <laughs> Not a fan of hers. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for Best Male Performance for Vin Diesel, but it lost out to Will Smith for Ali, which, okay, he was nominated for an Oscar. I'll give him that. Breakthrough Performance for Paul Walker lost to Orlando Bloom in Lord of the Rings. Also, this kind of brought up a quick question. So had, let's just say that in, in this alternative, I guess Loki's very popular right now. It's a trash show. Oh boy. Y'all hear that? Oh boy. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I just know alternative reality, not alternative reality. What is it? Alternative timelines and all this yeah. bunch of bullshit. Um, so let's just say in this timeline that the Oscars actually not nominate movies such as this. And I never looked at it like this, to be completely honest. That means that if the Oscars had nominated somebody, Vin Diesel would have been nominated for Best Actor and Paul Walker would have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. But I always looked at it the opposite. Paul Walker's the main character. Yeah, I don't think Toretto takes over until halfway through four, maybe. Yeah, I think they were just ahead of their time. They knew what was coming. They were yeah. like, hey, just, just watch. Mm-hmm. We know. This is 100% a, a Paul Walker movie. Best action sequence. It lost to the Pearl Harbor attack. That kind of makes sense. I get that. Can you guess what MTV Movie Award it won? Man, I don't even remember. I don't. I don't remember any of the nominees, like what it was called. But it it won for best on screen team for Walker and Diesel, and it beat out the Ocean's Eleven team, all eleven of them. Get fucked. (laughs) <laughs> hurts my heart a little bit but i mean i i get it it is mtv uh let's let's dive into the movie all right you are back i am as back you, as you can tell the last couple of weeks it's very noticeable last week <laughs> amanda I'm, where's antonio, where's antonio? <laughs> i did appreciate the shout out so you're back let's <laughs> let's do let's do this All right. So, on a long, lonesome highway somewhere not east of Omaha, you can listen to multiple engines hit a truck carrying hot 2001 technology commodities drive off into the night, presumably listening to some Bob Seger. God, I hope people get that reference. Uh, Pretty blonde boy undercover cop Brian is tasked with finding out who's hitting these trucks. Unfortunately, he sees a hot babe and decides to impress her by racing her brother, Dominic Coretto. He loses by a lot, but is convinced that he almost had him. The LAPD shows up to break shows up to break up this illegal street race, and Brian saves Dom to earn his trust. Boys Dom Vince doesn't like this. Brian tells the cops that local businessman Johnny Tran is responsible for the heist crimes, but because Vince Vince is too dumb to do the shit and Dom is too calm. They raid Johnny's place, but it turns out all the electronics there are legally purchased. Dom and his boy Vince are the guys doing all the illegal shit. Brian tries to do the cop stuff, but he's bad at it. Johnny and his boy kill one of Dom's boys. Brian and Dom chase them down and kill them back. Brian and Dom race. <laughs> Dom wrecks his car. Brian gives him the car that he's owed him for the last hour and a half. Dom drives off, presumably never to be seen or heard from again. And then the franchise ends. <laughs> yep. Just a one-off. Standalone. Uh, and that's the Fast and the Furious. Did you get the Bob Seger reference? Of course I got the Bob Seger Okay. Reference. If you don't get the Bob Seger reference, I don't know why you're listening to us. 
I I forgot to I forgot to skip this. Or I skipped this and I meant to to come back to it. Um real quick before we before we go into scenes. Who do you think I am in this movie? Oh, you. Uh I would say Ryan. Really? Yeah. I appreciate that. God, he had such bad hair, but I had bad hair in 2001 <laughs> too, so um you, you you would Don't take this the wrong way. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So like when we first met you, you were just Amanda's boyfriend. Yeah. And we just, you, you could have gone into that and like, oh man, bunch of dudes here, like fuck them. And then you slowly won their trust and you could still say fuck them, but like we're boys now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I can't help but when I watch this movie and anytime I see Vince, I just think of you. <laughs> like because I I infiltrated your group of of friends and now we've done this podcast for almost a year now. I I mean this like wholeheartedly. Like we said this during the Fast Five. We're like Vince is the smartest guy. He called it every step of the way. He was like, "Dude's a cop." You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. should have listened to Vince. In the group of friends, your group of friends, I've always looked at Antonio. I was like, he's probably he's the smartest one in the group. Like he's the ringleader. He's the <laughs> one that kind of like moving this shit along you know what i mean like he's the one that really we probably should all be listening to if someone else in the group says something we'd be like mm, what does antonio have to say <laughs> and there's been plenty of times like when we've gone on our graphs before i was even part of the the league would ask amanda amanda would be like well uh one of the guys his name is antonio he says this and i'd be like oh that's smart we're gonna book this or that or they're gonna do this one that's smart so when I first met you, I was like, oh, just listen to that guy. Like, that's the person we need to listen to all the time. <laughs> just like they should have listened to Vince when he was like, that dude is a cop. Yep. <laughs> Real quick, can I tell you who Brandon is? Please. Dom, because he wouldn't listen. <laughs> I want to hear Brandon scream in the next episode. <laughs> you embarrass me. <laughs> he would also ditch his existing friends for the new friend that he shouldn't trust. Not speaking from experience or a place of hurt that's been bottled up for the last decade at all. The stereotypical answer would be, I'd be Hector. But What's your last name? <laughs> I don't know. I can't pronounce it. That's <laughs> Spoiler, it's one of my favorite ones. So uh, we always go through the important scenes or our favorite scenes, beginning, middle, end. I'll go first. My favorite scene to begin the movie is when Brian and Dom first meet. The whole interaction about the tuna and the you embarrass me to Vince <laughs> and one of my other favorite quotes and I'll say it right now is and I I never ever want someone to ever lose their job but one time in life I would like to be so powerful enough to be like you work for Harry right yeah I just started you were just fired because you, <laughs> somebody pissed me off in real life I would love to be able to say that. I don't want anybody to lose their job, but I just want to have enough power one day to say, you were just fired. I don't even know work for me. <laughs> but that whole scene is is so much fun because you're introduced to all the characters, everyone in the quote unquote gang or the team kind of fun. You know, you see that Vince has a thing for Mia. Mia and Dom are brother and sister. Letty is Dom's girl. Kind, not kind of. I mean, they are. And then when he just gets up and you just see this like muscular big dude comes in just regulates he he comes in and everyone just stops that's my favorite i love that scene yeah what about you uh i guess the next one where we go into 
uh, the race and you, uh, where Brian doesn't have anything, doesn't have the 10K to put up, but puts up his car. Like, I wouldn't do that. Like, fuck it, let me just watch. Really, the race I don't really care for. Um, I think it's what the aftermath of it, where Brian saves Dom from the cops and then they end up in the wrong part of town. We're introduced to Johnny Tran, all that, loses his car. The house party scene afterwards, uh, that, to me, I think is, is a very important scene just because they're like, <laughs> like with Vince, when he walks up, uh, Dom walks up to Vince, he's like, I can't remember the exact word, but he's like, you know, why is the white boy here? And he's just like, because he saved my ass. And he just grabs his beer. He's like, this is Vince's beer. Have anything you want. Enjoy that one. Playing like the like easiest, like doom, doom, doom on a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of little things I picked up in that scene in particular. Where I was like, man, that was so cool. But now I realize it's just like two notes on a, yeah. <laughs> on a guitar. <laughs> one thing that I did notice. Um, so when, when, when Dom and Brian show up, like Mia's on her bed. I always, I never paid attention to exactly what she was doing. Is she doing like homework? That That's the vibe I got. Or schoolwork, like homework, yeah. like high school homework or homework like college. I'm going to say college. Props to her for doing her homework while there's a party raging downstairs. Right. But then also her, her priorities are out of line. Like, I wish I had that discipline. Men are trash. Why, why, why are you doing that? Get your education. Uh, <laughs> That's me appealing to, to our female demographic. You don't need no man. Uh, the middle of the movie. The scene between Tanner, who's played by um, Ted Levine, as Brian's cop boss, I guess you say. That scene in particular, it's like towards the middle end of the movie. The reason why that stuck out this time was I... and. And forgive me if I'm wrong, and if someone listens to this and says I'm wrong, so be it. I don't ever recall Dom mentioning the word family at all prior to that point in the movie. And it's one of my favorite quotes later on, and, and we'll get to it. But Tanner says to, to Brian, he goes, there's all kinds of family, Brian, and that's a choice you're going to have to make. And I feel like that's where the first time we're ever introduced to like the term or the idea that this is a family. Mm-hmm. And I found it so incredible. I was like, wow. It's like they, it's like the producers or whoever that decided to expand on this movie was like, hey, that family line is really true because Brian has his cop family, his, you know, those are his brothers and sisters, you know, the blue, you know, cops. That's the family. But now he's kind of shifting towards this other like real family. And I feel like that's when we get into the expansion of the whole idea that family's most important. And so it's funny looking back on that because <clears throat> later on when uh, Brian has his date with, with Mia and Brian's smooth because like he's getting intel on everyone. But like, oh, yeah, what am I getting into? You know? Yeah. Uh, but you know, Mia keeps saying, you know, using, instead of using the word family, it's like team. Right. Eventually we get to a point where everyone acknowledges that they're all family. But like at this point, I guess Mia's just a sister. So she just looks at, Oh, that's Dom. That's my brother. Those are his friends. That's his team. Like, I, I don't think that she considered that group family. And, and because we've talked about this movie so many times and we've mentioned, and I think one of your favorite things about, the franchise, and I remember you saying in a previous podcast, was it's it's about family. But we're not introduced to that term at all, and it just happens to come from the cop. 
who basically says, you know, you're you're choosing which family, Brian, you choose wisely, in other words. And that's what he chose was, you know, the Toretto family. What was yours in the middle of the movie? Uh, It would be that the date scene, I think, Mm -hmm. where he wakes up in the middle of the night after doing the deed, going full undercover. I don't think we give enough credit to Jordana Brewster because I didn't see this coming. And I always uh, remember when he's like, she's like, Hey V, what what what's the name of the what's the name of the the restaurant you want to take yeah. me to? You want you know the little and he's like cha cha cha. Yeah, well you can take me there. <laughs> I'm like oh <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was a that was a cringe, uncomfortable scene. <laughs> like oh, got him. That, that has never happened to me before. But like I would, I kind of I sympathize with Vince there. Like oh, like that's cold. It is. At the same time, I imagine like the you know. What, what what's the expression uh like the big dick energy that brian's feeling just like yeah yeah the girl's coming coming with me to your restaurant that's cold-hearted right there yeah <laughs> but it was <laughs> incredibly funny um one of my favorite scenes at the end of the movie to get sort of nerdy you know movie wise the cinematography i really like how that drive-by is shot when jesse comes back after dom i'm so sorry He's like, what were you thinking? And then all of a sudden they hear the the motorcycles coming and then it's Johnny Tran and his cousin just like start shooting up the house and they get yeah. like the the driveway, whatever the hell mm-hmm. that is called, because it's a little bit elevated. And then you just see like Jesse take one to the chest and just fall over. Like that scene's like, whoa, like yeah. oh, someone's dead, like dead, dead. You know what I mean? The shit got real. I had forgotten about that scene. And I guess there are a lot of quite a few deaths that have happened throughout the franchise, but I guess we're so jaded to people coming back, or maybe they weren't dead after all, you know? Why? What? What do you know? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe Jesse's coming back. <laughs> was it Fast Five? Maybe, or maybe it was during when we did Tokyo Drift. Talked about whoever the bad guy was in Tokyo Drift. What was his name? DK. Oh, DK. Yeah. You were like, maybe he makes an appearance in Fast Nine, and I was thinking, but the cousin didn't die you see him moving i mm-hmm. think and i'm like oh what if they bring him back yeah oh see you can't tell with this franchise you can't you just, you just can't tell the thing is what enough people remember that is we're true. so far we're so far removed like when i say we should bring dk back i think tokyo drift has enough of a cult following that people would remember dk i don't know that the the origin of it I don't even remember the guy's name. It was, I don't either. Yeah, so he's got snake pants. I just remember that. Yeah, snake pants and frosted tips. Let me tell you, the only way people will remember is if he comes back twenty years later wearing snake pants and frosted tips. I'm in on that. Two thousands will live forever. Amen. That's my people. Uh, side sidebar on the on Tokyo Drift. I watched an episode of NCIS New Orleans the other night because I I fell asleep and then woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep and I was like, what's on and it was like after it was on TNT and I was like, oh, my God, Lucas Black. Like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Good for you. Keep going. Just do your thing. I'm excited to see what his role in this movie is going to be. I am, too. Uh, I'm super jealous that you're going to go opening night. Uh, my sister turns 30 that night. So, yeah, have plans. Otherwise, I seriously had it been any other weekend, even if it was Fourth of July weekend. I already told Amanda, I was like, 
I think that I'm going to surprise Antonio and just say, Hey, let's go, let's go see this together. And then we'll do like a, we'll do like a, a, like a pod right after like our first <laughs> reaction. Yeah. What do we think? Spoilers, everything. We're just going to say, fuck it. Just go. I'll fucking go watch it right after uh, for a second time, man. We might have to, it might be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? What's your favorite scene at the end of the movie? Uh, towards the end, I guess it would be the, uh, the desert race scene. Obviously, you get the race culture at the beginning, but you know, over here you kind of get a bit of a more mainstream type of deal where it's not. This this was, uh, well, no, the cops showed up, right? Where? Or, no, they were just at the desert race. Oh, uh, it was just security. You're talking about like security. when he, when he punches out um, uh, Johnny John Tran. Tran. Yeah, yeah, it's just okay, security. So, yeah, so you kind of see that you know there is like a legitimate culture with racing and you know cars, you know, customizing them and everything. Just kind of cool to see that, and then of course, just the final race scene with with Brian and Dom. I had a bunch of questions real quick about race wars. Maybe you know this or not. Like, is race wars like sanctioned, or is it just people like betting on money? Like, we're just hustling here. Like, I'll race you for five hundred bucks, or do you think it was like an actual? Because they wrote like numbers and shit down, so I didn't <laughs> know if there was like an actual. It was it like a tournament of races, like a round? I don't, I don't know how that, yeah. that shit works. I, I wish know. they had kind of gone more into that a little bit, but well, they bring it back in seven, I think. Oh, that's right, they do. They yeah. do. Everyone's like remembering Letty, and she doesn't remember any of them. Oh, that's right. And Hector gets punched. Fucking Hector! So, yeah, bring back Hector for nine. That'd be fun. <laughs> Brian Dow, who's not here tonight, he likes to do this thing where he where we talk about like a deeper plot discussion. I think it's really cool because we get into like some questions that we have about the movie, but I mean, obviously the plot, we all kind of know what's going on, but I did have a couple questions. Okay. You call her Letty. I call her Letty now, but initially I was like, Oh, it's Letty. And the last name Toretto, which sounds very Italian, but I was like, was Dom supposed to be Hispanic initially? Like was the part written for it to be Hispanic? And where was Michael Pena in 2001? (laughs) I've accepted Vin Diesel as like an honorary Mexican, <laughs> but <laughs> I was about to say, how do we feel about? I I kind of do too. I mean, he's he's biracial, right? I mean, he's yeah, yeah. So I just always thought there was a little bit of a little bit of Mexican in him. I mean, it's you know love for Corona, notwithstanding, you know, there's better Mexican beer, but it is what it is. Top three Mexican beers, go. Oh shit! Uh, you're talking to a guy who doesn't like Mexican beer. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, uh, I'll go. Uh, there's one called Carta Blanca. Okay. Uh, I'll go Tecate too. You, don't you love how I'm saying these like a white person instead yeah. of using native Mexican language? <laughs> and uh, uh, what's that one? The one with the sun. Modelo? No. Soul. 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 Yeah. Two dollar Tecate is one. Two Dos Equis, three Corona. Modelo, to, if I'm feeling fancy. That's the, the Mexican champagne beer right there. I, I really got to not whitewash my Spanish when I go to Cabo. Like I'm trying to get these street merchants to give me some deals for being like one of them. <laughs> like, look at me. Cobra Kai. So you know the status. Speaking of point break, just end every sentence with Vaya con Dios. Vaya con Dios. That's what I'm going to do. Muy amable. Muchas gracias. I know we touched on this before because Brandon has this uh, this bone to pick with this 
this franchise, but if you really stop and think about it, how did we go from stealing DVD players and digital cameras to now like being like world renowned criminals? Toretto and these guys are like in Interpol, you know? <laughs> they, they went from stealing fucking DVD players that nowadays they'd be like, oh, you stole 100 DVD players? What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> Misdemeanor. Not even. Yeah. It's just well, amazing it's to see to how far it's come in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny how in six they kind of laugh at it. I'm sorry. Like when we when we did Fast Five earlier in the year, I watched one, two, three, four. I watched them all. So yeah. to me, I don't know where four, five, six, seven. <laughs> I know eight because eight just feels different. It's completely different than the rest yeah. of them. But four, five, six, and seven, oh, I don't know, man. It's like nine hours of Fast <laughs> and Furious all runs together for me. So I'm like, yeah, that does sound familiar. Yeah, no, Brian Shaw says something as like, so just a kid from you know, the hood that, you know, steals DVD players now pulls off the biggest ice in Rio. And I know that Ben is like smiling. Cause he's like, have a doing I was like, not bad, huh? But you could tell like, yeah, that, that smart guy's a little something like, yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Fuck it. We're here. This is the question I had. I think I know the answer to this, but I want to know what Antonio's answer to this. So, cause Antonio, I feel like you're, you're, you're the everyman. You're the pulse of, of our listeners. What was it about this storyline that made it so unique that the audience would continue to buy in movie after movie after movie? Is it the characters? Is it heist? I like bank robbery movies. I like heist movies. Like I remember mm-hmm. Nick saying it last season and I agree with him. Like heist movies are fun, but what is it that we continue to go back to the well? Like we're, we're willing to keep, giving our money to this franchise why again all due respect to, to the late paul walker gotta give the devil his due like that's he's the reason like this succeeds right i i think so like he he's why we keep going back to it like there's just something there i know i gave him shit in the last recording we did on a fast movie i was like he's not good but i have to kind of maybe walk that back because you go back and watch one. There's something about the charisma he brings and the chemistry between him and Dom that makes you want to see what happens next. And I really think that I really think that two two is different. And I uh, and I understand the whole politics behind the movie why Vin Diesel didn't do it. Three, I think the best take you've ever had, and I completely agree with you, is the last five minutes of of Tokyo Drift saves the franchise because you brought Vin Diesel back. That that whole thing was like, oh my God, here we fucking go. And then it's resurrected in four. And unfortunately, the untimely death of Paul Walker, but I agree with you. It's because of him that we continue to buy in. At least it got us through the first, you know, so one, two, four, five. I think I mentioned that there was a little bit of Fast and Furious fatigue, but you brought the rocket. So it's like, okay, how's The Rock going to interact with you know Vin Diesel? And, and more importantly, how is he going to interact with uh, with Paul Walker? Right. And then, okay, you see how that interaction goes? Holy shit, like that was bonkers. We're going to six. Okay, they just pulled this. They fucking dragged the vault across Rio. What are they, how are they going to top that? Like we've thrown suspended disbelief. Like reality's thrown out the window. Like let's fuck, how much more ridiculous can this get? So that's so it's continued to get people to go back to it. But at least through the first five, like you got to give, like it's it's Paul Walker, like right. There, there's just something there that appeals to the masses. 
thousand percent agree. And so we've only really had one movie without him. But I wonder where the franchise, where would it go if he was still alive? Like, I think one of the reasons why you could continue the franchise and as shitty sounding as it is, I'm sure some fucking movie producer who thinks about the bottom dollar is like, hey, this might be a good thing because eventually we're going to have to kill one of these guys off to if we wanted to continue the franchise, maybe like from a story perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you still had him, like, I wonder where the story goes from here or from eight on. Like, I kind of wonder how that what what happens. Yeah. You would, I think something from his cop past would catch up to him. Mm. Like I know in six, they kind of allude, there was the Braga, you know, deal. He put him away and that, but that was just like such a small scene. That's right. How about that? Like, I think you could, you could, the Cypher character in eight, you, you could get creative and find a way to tie her to Brian's past, you know, someone that he interacted with when he was a cop. True. Now, I don't think you can bring back Jason Statham in eight if you still have Paul Walker. Because the team had already expanded by including what's your face? Um, shit. Yeah, um, Wonder Woman? No. No, because uh, she's presumably dead. Uh, no, the girl they rescued in seven. Uh, <laughs> the one that had the God's Eye program. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, the girl from Game of Thrones. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess she effectively replaced Gal, but and Statham replaced Paul Walker. But I don't know. You can only expand so much. I think you you would be playing with fire if you kept bringing in all these big names. I think eight, nine, and ten would have been. I'm not saying a chore for people, but it would have been like, okay, now what are they going to do? But now without him, it's like, oh, what are they going to do with eight, mm-hmm. nine, and ten? So yeah. Um, one other thing, you mentioned this when I asked you who you think I was. And who I think you are in this thing. So, Antonio, let's just say that your your fast and your fast your fantasy football league is actually a front for something else. Okay, <laughs> I got brought into this league. At what point would you have started trusting me on bringing me in on your side hustle? Because I watched this movie and I was like, man, it's pretty quick. It is kind of quick. Like, I like how he's like, doesn't fully commit. He's like, let's see how you do a race wars. <laughs> yeah. Hypothetically speaking, I have a semi-attractive sister. You're single. <laughs> the test is you don't make a move on said sister. What if I do? You don't get brought into the side hustle. <laughs> I know how my sister can be. I can kill you, but you can't be brought into the side hustle. <laughs> I have a sister too, man. That's what I would tell you. I'd be like, listen. If she doesn't chew you up and spit you out, you can you can join my side hustle then. Yeah. It's a little quick. Yeah. A little quick. I get it. A little quick. Speaking of which, when he asked him about, I know I brought up Point Break earlier. Uh, I saw this in on an IMDb, the little trivia research thing. The place where they have the shrimp, the shrimp lunch after they race that Ferrari is the same place that Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Utah, goes to ask Lori Petty to teach him how to surf. Same restaurant so i guess it's like a homage to point break after all so uh let's get to some awards right quick uh the hmm the toby Maguire jordana brewster award for the worst acting performance in this film i wonder who we're gonna go with not jordana brewster (laughs) 
So she's progressively getting worse. That's why we named this award after we did Fast Five. It's she gets progressively worse as the franchise goes on. Okay, who'd you have? I, I have Michelle Rodriguez. How fucking dare you? How dare you? That's my and I don't, I don't know. Just something about her in this movie, and I'm just like, you don't want to be here. And so that's where I struggle with: is that her acting ability, or is that just how she was asked to play the role? She's not a strong, independent female in this movie. I will buy all your drinks in Cabo. If you could grow, if you could go up to a group of girls of age and go, I smell skanks <laughs> and not run away. Oh, I don't think I could do that in this climate. Although Mexico's a different country, so who knows? I'm totally kidding, but I, well, I I'd laughed have to say so it hard Spanish, when I heard I that. Putas. Putas, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to get canceled. <laughs> oh, we are so getting canceled. Uh, you know what? I did not have... I, I get where you're coming from on Michelle Rodriguez. I did not have Jordana Brewster either, even though the award is named after her. I, I cannot get past how bad the FBI agent guy that's pulling Brian Strings is. He's so bad in this movie. He, like, rushes his dialogue. He's very, like... I'll tell you, I, I can say anything I want to you. I, I'm just like, dude, you, you're in a different movie, man. Yeah. Like, this isn't fucking heat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is something completely different. Like, I don't, I don't. He's bad. Uh, the Alonzo Harris Award for the best scene. I confess that your choice here was what I was going to choose as my favorite scene at the end, but I saw you already put this here, so I was like, okay, you win. What's your favorite, your favorite scene? Uh, when Brian finally, you know, blows his cover in, in order to say Vince. And you yeah. see, you know, Dom's not saying anything, but just the veins popping out of his head. And like, you motherfucker, you, I asked you point blank and you lied to me. And not being able to do anything because now the faith of my longtime friend who, you know, I didn't believe, you know, his life hangs in the balance and it's in your hands. So I'm going to bite the bullet right now. I think that scene is incredibly well written, especially Brian's dialogue, because it's very matter of fact cop talk. I've got one whatever down. He's got laser. Like it's very he's got laser. It's very professional cop talk to what you would say to an EMS. And it's so well done. And he pulls it off and you just see like to me, that's actually one of the best pieces of acting that Vin Diesel does is you see the wheels turning and you see the anger, you see the vein pop out, you see him processing everything like this motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, proper, I need an evac. I need this that, and the other. Um, the one that I had was the entire race sequence from when the cars pull up doing a flying V back to like, tell me what's the secret of missing that whole song comes on. <laughs> and like, they're doing a flying V into the first race, the entire deal to the end of you almost had me, you know, the, that entire like sequence. I fucking love real quick. I don't recall the, the, uh, the track list, the soundtrack to this uh, movie being as good as it was. And I don't know if it's, you know, we've said many times that nostalgia is a dangerous thing, but I don't know, like it, the track list on this, like took me back to 2000, 2001. If there was one thing I could fix about the Fast and Furious franchise is like, I love the track list. I love the soundtrack, 
the score. Like there's not a definitive, like when you hear something like when I hear Jurassic Park, the score of Jurassic Park, you know, it's Jurassic Park. When I hear the score of Jaws, you know, you know, that's Jaws. Fast and Furious doesn't have that. And I wish that it kind of did like just to have something that like made it known like, oh, we're listening to or we're about to watch a Fast and Furious movie. It's Don Omar. There you go. (laughs) The AC Law, the fourth award. Who you got? I got Ja Rule. Hey, I forgot he was in this movie. Monica. (laughs) (laughs) so this movie came out 2001, right? So he's coming off of Rule 336 in 2000. Drops Pain is Love in 2001. And then the album of our junior high dance, The Last Temptation in 2002. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And then, like AC Law, he disappears. And it's only brought back by the Fire Festival you know, documentaries, AC law living on as we brought him back on the fun table podcast. I love it. Way to go. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) I have a buddy of mine that's listened to, uh, that went to A&M. He's just like, y'all, I don't know if y'all did him dirty or like reviving him, but y'all bring up AC law. It's fucked up. (laughs) I'm like, he was, like the shit for like three years and then just like what happened you know like jaw rule like jaw rule <laughs> you know what to get to get a jaw rule in like 2002 or 2001 excuse me this That's is only 2000 deal. like that was huge yeah. i remember being like oh my gosh jaw rule's gonna be in a movie like that's yeah. fucking crazy and it wasn't gonna be like a dmx steven seagal movie like this was gonna be like for real like he was gonna be in it like i'd buy him as a street racer in yeah. this movie. He, he does a pretty decent job. Um, and that's who I had, but you already chose him. So I went with, uh, I went with Leon because, Oh, you're relevant. And then you disappeared <laughs> <laughs> never to be seen again. That's mean. I don't mean that. You see a lot. If you're listening to this, you, you were, you were the highlight of sports while I was in college. So I appreciate you, sir. Uh, the Mark Wahlberg award for the best acting performance. Who you got? I got uh, Matt Schultz plays Vince. I buy it. Yeah, I know. I know you have a hard on for him from Fast Five. So <laughs> going back and looking at Fast and Furious is like everyone ages, obviously, because it's a ten year difference between the two. But man, everyone's like HGH gut is <laughs> <was> like really <laughs> like you're looking at them in Fast Furious. You're like, damn, man, everyone's in such good shape, and like fast forward, everyone's like trying to wear the same clothes but like a little different i'm like that's how i feel i'm still trying to wear the same clothes i did 10 years ago metabolism slowing down um i have vin diesel i i think that as progressively as the movie went on i think that he kind of bought more into his character Mm -hmm. and i especially really like that last scene or not the last scene excuse me the um i like how i like how you can tell in that first race scene, how much fun he's having with the, you almost had me. You never had me. You never had your, that whole thing. Like you could tell yeah. he's having fun. And then I really think that it's a really good acting performance in that scene with Brian, when they're trying to save Vince and he calls in the medical evac. Like that's just, that's good acting. That really, really yeah. is Uh quotes. I think I've said most of them throughout the deal. You never had me. The, you work for Harry. 
I think the only one I didn't mention or I mentioned in passing was when Hector goes, they call me Hector. I got a last name too, but I can't pronounce it. <laughs> I remember in 2001 laughing my ass off at that. <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, no, not really. This, this movie wasn't uh, terribly quotable for me. What? Oh my you, God. You, so yeah. Good ones. You hit most of the ones that I would have gotten. You know, the obvious mean one. I almost had you, bro. Dude, I almost had you. It's like, oh <laughs> or dude, yeah. You almost had me. So good. Let's jump to ratings and recommendations. What you got rating wise? I have Don't an Amanda that. 2. Okay. Okay. So I would, I myself wouldn't rewatch it. Would recommend it. Uh, just if you kind of jumped in at Fast Five, like I think we discussed that you can pretty much do and kind of catch up pretty quickly. If you want to go back and see the origin story, it's it's a fun movie. So yeah, I, w- I would say the Amanda 2. We talked about this when we did Batman Begins. Like we, uh, I think some of us felt like Batman Begins, you could have started at the Dark Knight. You didn't necessarily need Batman Begins. Could you say that about the Fast and the Furious? Like, I agree, you could. Do you want to? I don't want to. And I don't know if that's because I truly enjoy this movie or I truly enjoy what this movie means to me because in 2001, when I'm 16 years old, I'm like driving. This movie's about drive. I had a three-cylinder Chevy Metro that I one time tried to gun and I really thought I blew one of the cylinders in it. <laughs> I had a fucking lawnmower as a motor in there because of this movie, thinking I could like go and you couldn't do that so this movie has like a special place in my heart it for me it's going to be a three should it be a two yeah it probably should be an amanda antonio antonio amanda oh i'm sorry an antonio slash amanda two but because of the nostalgia factor for me personally and how i think it's actually a good origin story movie for a franchise i'll give it a three yeah Uh, i will touch on something real quick go for it uh Rewatching this movie, I remember uh, Brian mentioning, you know, the importance of Vince coming back in Fast Five. Uh, yeah. And having watched this movie for the first time in ages, it is, it is going to prompt me to go back and watch Fast, rewatch Fast Five, which isn't a chore or a duty. Love it. No. It- <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely I can watch it through that lens again. I think I can appreciate how big of a deal it is that, you know, he's back and his eventual spoiler alert death, you know, is that much more of a big deal. Agreed. I really like your recommendation, by the way. Yeah. I, I got bad boys. Um, just, it's not a heist movie, but um, just kind of that brotherhood in this case, in bad boys, obviously it's kind of reverse where you have the established brotherhood that it kind of grows apart and then comes back together right. at the end, uh, just because of who has to play the undercover cop role. Um, right. So yeah, you got a few, fast car seats there too. I like that too because it is also so you have two Miami PD detectives in the first movie that you're like okay cool they did their job. By movie 4, they're like given permission by the Mexican and American government to go in and get somebody in Mexico to bring you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like wow okay now we're still cops. We're not FBI. We're not DEA. We're no, we're not, you know what I mean? We're just Miami PD and we're going to Mexico in the fourth one. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't heard that or seen it yet. And we're bringing back my son. Yeah. Or attempting to, you know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah. Like the extremes that a franchise can go after so long that you're like, okay, kind of, kind of reaching here, but 
I'll follow along. So I yeah. liked your deal. Recommendation I have, I mentioned a few times already, and I know it's one that we're going to do at some point, even if it's just you and me again. Can't fucking wait. Point Break. I love Point Break. I rewatched it yesterday. Oh. I I want to go skydiving and I want to hang out with Bodie. <laughs> I have a story about the first time I watched Point Break, but I'll save it for that episode. Oh God, save it for the pod. Yes, but we yeah. are doing Point Break at some point. Uh, you want to do a quick little uh, FMK? Yeah, sure. Rapid fire. <laughs> Johnny Tran, Vince, Jesse, you're going to fuck one, marry one, kill one, go. I'm a married Johnny Tran, successful businessman. Uh, no, actually, no, no, no. I'm a married Vince, loyal as fuck. Fuck Johnny Tran and R.I.P. Jesse. We kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know we didn't talk much about Johnny Tran, but that scene where his house gets raided and he like stands up and like points to them, like, how dare you raid? Like, the fucking FBI is raiding your house, bro. And then the dad, like, like a true lord, comes around and just fucking backhands him. Like, uh, for me, I would, I, same as you, I'd marry, I'd fuck Johnny Tran. I'd, I'd marry Vince because he's loyal and he'll take care of you. He's part of a bigger family that will look out for you as well. Mm-hmm. Like, not to sound like a dick, but his widow and kid kind of got off easy. I mean, they walked yeah. away with a lot of money. You don't have to deal with they any more bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're kind of just, eh. I killed Jesse. Jesse just like, man, I don't, I can only talk about cars for so long to where I'm just like, dude, I'm fucking lost. I don't know yeah. what we're talking about here. <laughs> so <laughs> next one I have is uh, Bow Wow, Ludacris, and Ja Rule. Because those are the three rappers that have played parts in the Fast and Furious franchise. Initially, when I read this in the outline, I was like, why would he put... And then I was like, oh my God, he's all three of these have been in this movie or in this <laughs> franchise. I didn't realize it was like... I'm a fuck Ja Rule. I'm a, I'm a Mary Luda. I'm a kill... <laughs> Bow, what was his name? Snoop? Uh, no, uh, no uh, oh, it was something demeaning. Twinkie. Twinkie. <laughs> I'm gonna kill Twinkie because his name is Twinkie. <laughs> is Bow Wow coming back? F9? Please tell me yes. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> I mean, he was back for seven or eight. Um, no, it was seven. Yeah. He was back for seven. I don't know if he's back for nine. Hadn't aged a day. I'm hoping. What about you? Bow Wow, Ludacris, Jaw Rule. You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one, go. Uh, I'm marrying Luda, obviously. Longevity. Uh, you know what? I'm going to fuck Bow Wow because I think I want to drive the Hulk car. Oh, I, I forgot he, about that. I think he'd let me do it. And then uh, I'll kill Jaw. Uh, Mesmerize isn't that important to my, no. to my teenage years. Antonio! <laughs> no menage. Sorry, Jaw Rule. I do remember as a kid. Jaru was so fucking cool. It, it, he was. And I, when I was like, in that scene where she's like, win or lose, you get me. But if you win, you get her too. I was like, oh, that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he screams menage, I was like, that's what that means. <laughs> um, this has been fun, man. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we, I'm glad we did this one. This is a movie that deserved it. Uh, happy, happy 20, 
20th birthday. Fast and Furious. We'll start drinking next year.